This is a Radio.com original. And you met Mario Andretti. I did. I went to the Indy 500, and uh, I got to do one of the two-seat ride-alongs oh. in the oh, Indy car, yeah. That'd be which was great. very exciting. Afterwards, I was asking Mario and um, and the driver who had driven me around, you know, how they even focused on what they were doing, because I, I said, you know, I got in the car, and I kind of turned my head slightly, just, you know, for a little stretch when we went off, and then I... I couldn't bring it back for the rest of the... (laughs) (laughs) Hey, everybody. Welcome to a new edition of the Talking About Cars podcast, where it's all about everybody has a car story, from celebrities to car personalities and more. I'm Randy Cardoon. This week, Hot Rod Bob Beck of Gas, the great American auto scene, Back in the studio with me, along with former Roadkill editor and Hot Rod magazine writer, Alana Scher. As we get to talk about Monterey, CMT TV shows that you may have seen, and much more car-related stuff. But first, we had an opportunity to do something really fun this last weekend. We did. It was about... Basically, moving cars from a museum. Can you have more fun than that? No, not the way we do it. We had a lot of fun. We first we got the biggest of the cars that they had remaining. So we had huge Cadillacs. I mean, this car was in two zip codes at the same time. That's true. And you got to pilot one of them. And I got to show. Yes. And I think this... If, if the DMV finds out about this, uh-huh. I my I won't even have to bother taking a test ever again. No, in a car. Yeah, you showed your skills. Yeah, you, you I definitely were good. A '59 Cadillac. That's right. Convertible without hitting anything. With the wings, the bat wings, and the whole thing. Well, that's what kept I stable. backed it into a short area that, frankly, I didn't think I'd be able to get it in. No one else did either. And they may never get it out. But that's true. That's the idea. Yep. Backing it up. Next to a 61 Cadillac, which I also mm-hmm. drove, but not yes. at the same time. No, that would have been difficult. That would have been difficult. So that was really fun. But I thought the most fun was when we drove the 59 Cadillac from the old Murphy Museum location to uh-huh. the new Murphy Museum location. Yes. And the people in the car yeah, were waving. Waving. It was Kind of the... like a parade car, because yes. it is kind of like a parade it car. It was big enough to be a whole parade in itself, but we were waving as if we were the Queen Mary or the Queen herself or himself or whatever. And uh, we went back, and we, were, and we had everyone waving back at us. Yes, we did. We, we, had, we, and we corrupted the have whole city of Oxnard. Have you ever been in a... Uh parade car have you ever been in a parade yeah i've been in a parade really yeah uh city of burbank does burbank on parade every year Mm -hmm. and at one point in time uh besides being the guy that told everyone about it i was able to drive within it we uh, our car club was uh the main club that carried the dignitaries ah so what did you drive my car my my 48 plymouth so somebody was actually in your car? They were in my car. They put the badge or the big signs on the side of it and to let people know who they were. Nobody could see in the back seat of a 40. No, they were in the front seat with me. Oh. But I don't even remember who it was. We barely talked. It okay. was no one of great importance other than they had something to do with the city. That, I see. You know, so, but uh, that was about the, the extent of my parade experience. Okay. Very good. Alana Cher is here today. Hey, Alana. 
I have never been in a parade. I was going to ask, have you ever been in a parade? Have no, you ever seen a no, parade up I've close never, and personal? Uh, no, I don't even know what a parade is. We'll have to invite you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you haven't even been to the, like, the Hollywood Christmas parade? No, I've been, I've been to a parade. I grew up in Pasadena, so I went oh. to the Rose Bowl parade all the time. Oh, I've heard do you do the Do you do the cruise the day before? Um, I never was there when I was old enough to drive, so I didn't actually know there was a cruise. <laughs> We do it every year before. That's one of the things I, I get to do. And uh, It's okay. I didn't know it either until I met Bob. Well, you've led a sheltered life. I have. We, but Sad No, the day before, we have a big car cruise. We meet at uh, what used to be Fuddruckers, and we get about 200, 300 cars and cruise the parade route. The police let us do one pass up and one pass back, and we're done. That sounds fun. It is. It's a crick. It's a. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Well, well, we I, I don't doctor. even know what word you were trying to say right there. I don't either. But <laughs> I, I'm thinking I have a faster doctor than I can talk. That would probably take care of that crick. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. we we take or candy with us and we toss it out at the people on the curb because there's a lot of people that have already staked out their spaces. So we toss candy to the kids as we drive down the street. Yeah, I used to do that when I was a teenager. We would sleep out over on yeah. the parade route. Mm-hmm. Very cool. When I was in Salt Lake City. Years yeah. ago, they have a parade, and I'm trying to remember what the actual occasion is. But it, but it's a it's a holiday that only Utah has. It figures. <laughs> okay. And by the way, you can write your notes to Bob Beck, care of this station. Yeah. Uh, so basically, they had people out there, and I worked at KSL at the time, and I would actually go out there and either do the sports or, or be out there talking to people in the middle of the night, because we were actually live all night with all the people that were trying to sleep. In the snow? It never got that bad, although there were times it got pretty cold. Yeah, I can imagine Utah is not exactly a warm place in the winter. No, 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 no. So, And I'm trying to remember who's even in the winter, but still, it gets cool. So, yes. For those of you who uh, ha- are a big follower of us talking about cars, you know Alana. She uh, worked for the fine folks at Roadkill. Uh, and before that, she also worked with Hot Rod Magazine. And, of course, you know, when you left Roadkill, Obviously, that went downhill, and uh, we don't know where that is now. Uh, oh, goodness, no. No, they're still doing great. They're doing great stuff. But uh, um, And actually, they filmed in my backyard uh, last year, so we're still very good friends. I'm still keeping up with everything that they're doing. They, but, of course, they miss me, definitely. They, they, they have to. Uh, they'd have to. Yeah. They filmed in your backyard? What, what was that all about? Um, there was an episode they did, I guess it might have been the I don't know if it was the beginning of this year or the end of last year, but um, they called it the Sea Body, the Sea Body Roadrunner. And you, being mm-hmm. Mopar guy, yeah. are you know raising an eyebrow at me. The reason they <laughs> called it that is because it was a roadrunner that somebody had wrapped around a pole, oh. so it was C shaped. Oh yeah, and <laughs> um, and they it had been in my yard for years. Uh, a friend of mine had done the artwork on it and uh <laughs> thanks for clarifying he uh he was not hurt no one was hurt um but he didn't want to look at the car because he felt so bad about it so he made me look at it for i don't know we have a big yard this is what happens if you have a big yard mm-hmm. people will put cars in it yeah. kind of like if you have a pickup truck all of a sudden exactly. everyone's moving around you but um so freiberger and finnegan came over they got the car running they got it driving again they like figured out how to get the leaf spring to 
Leaf. The spring? Sort of. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then they went and filmed an episode with it. They uh, <laughs> they took it to a circle track, so that's pretty oh, funny. Yeah. <laughs> so a sea car. It's already turning. Already yeah, exactly. in that general direction, yeah. unless it's going in the opposite well, that direction. that could be too. Which side was crunched, the driver's side or the... Uh... Um, Passenger side. Driver passenger side. side. Passenger yeah, side. Yeah. Driver side might have been a little perfect uncomfortable for Irwin. Yeah, they all make yeah. left turns. Yeah. Well, good <laughs> yeah. point. Good yeah. point. So, and of course, if you guys don't remember the last time Alana was on, you are a big. You and your husband are a big Mopar family, anyway. That is very accurate. I can. I cannot deny that. Although we do have a Ford and we do have an Opal, which is technically a Buick. Um, That's and true. Mm-hmm. I just bought a Trans Am. So you're bilingual really? in cars. Yes, we're we are. Although anyone who visited would know that we definitely have a preference. I think we have mm-hmm. All right. I think maybe 8 or 9 Chrysler products right now, 6 okay. of which are large trucks. And you were worried about the amount of cars I've got. No, I wasn't. Your wife was. No, no she's my part wife of it. Was. Yeah, your wife was. My wife's my wife's an don't, uh, instigator. Don't be like Bob. What? What, what are you talking about? <laughs> We like them. Yeah. So, Bob, your wife is into it, too. So you oh, yeah. know the problem, which is that normally one partner's more into it than the other. Mm-hmm. And the one who is not into it says, maybe you shouldn't spend all of your money on a 1981 Turbo Trans Am because be it's my, a bad car. That'd be, well, no, that's a nice car. But, no, my wife said, let's get another four-post lift. Yeah, exactly. And so maybe we could all borrow Randy's wife. Can can I just have your <laughs> wife come over and tell me to stop buying bad cars? I could have her send you email messages yeah. or text you. Just that... like regularly. She doesn't even need to know what I'm doing. She can just assume. See, what she tells me is, gosh, your cars, your classics, two of them, by the way, are already in the garage. And I have mm-hmm. to park outside. But in your situation, you live in a part of town that has those humongous lots. So it's not an issue. You just mm-hmm. kind of put it wherever and you're fine. And your husband will not tell you no. That's true. Um, mm-hmm. Well, he did tell me no when I said the other day that I wanted a Fiat X19. Um, well, well, technically, that's a Mopar. Yeah, it's technically a Mopar. Yeah, it's also really cute. And it's it like is. it looks like a little wedge, like a little mini yeah. Ferrari. And then I already have the Opal, which looks like a little mini Corvette. So it would right. be like I had a mini sports car collection. There yeah, you I, go. Yeah, and the Fiat, you know, the thing about a Fiat is it's a very safe car. If you miss a shift, the pedestrians will pass you going across the street. <laughs> They're very good. <laughs> I was thinking more it's kind of like a, an Italian uh, Fiero, kind of. Kind of, yeah. You know, yeah. kind of like that. It's a wedge. It's a wedge? It, yeah. It's a wedge-shaped car, yeah. A little four-cylinder to the back. Mm-hmm. Like in a little the, in the slice of cheese with wheels? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. you okay. got a tr- trunk in the front, trunk in the back. What kind of cheese would that be? Well, a, something Romano. Italian, yeah. I guess. Romano? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. Mid-engine Romano. Works. mid-engine romano i like that very very nice and of course i keep seeing you at shows i saw you at um well you name it i think i saw you at the show uh but one of them when i saw you at sema last year we we ran into each other and it was all like okay when are you coming on the show and when and and i started thinking about when you left roadkill i would see you doing a little bit of everything and you are i guess the big title is freelance automotive journalist i'm doing air quotes but uh-huh. th- does that pretty much describe what you're doing now yeah okay. i mean you know it's a fancy way of saying if you pay me i will do it <laughs> i like that okay so talk a little bit about what you have done i know that i have seen you do 
Uh, reviews. I saw you in some really big SUV that kind of dwarfed you, and I mean that in the nicest, kindest possible yeah, way. Yeah, it was probably like a CRV, man. I'm pretty short. Yeah, okay. And it was it was a real big vehicle, and you were doing kind of like you were behind the wheel. So they set up the, the you know, little cameras on the windshield It's like and all what that. we're doing here with, with video, right. like with pictures. Mm. If we were in a car. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... Uh, Oh, man, I've got such a long list of fun things that I've been doing. But um, what you're talking about is the the new car reviews that I've been doing for Edmunds. Um, Edmunds.com is a like a consumer car buying site, and they do videos. So they have a YouTube channel where we do video reviews, and they've been letting me host some of them, and it's really cool. fun. Neat. Uh, I've learned a whole lot about new cars, which, I mean, I knew about performance cars when I was at Hot Rod. We covered the Hellcats and the Corvettes and the Camaros and the Mustangs. But um, it actually has been really interesting to get in trucks and Jeeps and family cars because the the technology is really interesting. Even if I don't necessarily want it, and I'm always pretty happy to get back in the Opal or the Polara, um, I do think it's cool some of the stuff that is available to people who maybe don't enjoy driving as much as I do <laughs> that helps make it easier and safer for them. So that's that's good. You have a 70 Dodge Polara? 69. 69 Polara. Even better. With the two-door hardtop version, oh. which, I mean, you'll see the old CHP cars around. Yeah. You go to Spring Fling. There's a couple of guys. Huge in fact, guy. we've had them on the show. Yeah. Uh, Ron and, and a couple see. other guys that have the CHP Polaris. Right. But you have the two-door, and, and you never see that anymore. I know. It's a, it's a cool car, that one, because... You know, it looks like a roadrunner if somebody had just scaled it up. <laughs> Put it in holes in the trunk. When, until yeah. It, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, so I've been doing the new car stuff. And then also just writing a ton of stories for a bunch of different magazines. Still doing some stuff for Hot Rod. You know, always love Hot Rod. And it's always a great joy to get to write for them because I just know them. You know, no. like I know the people, I know the kind of cars, and I, and that's always really fun. But it's also been an interesting challenge to write for some other magazines that I'd never written for before. So I've written for Automobile, um, for Road and Track. Uh, I just turned in my first story to Car and Driver, which like oh, good. I okay. felt like yeah. was like a really big deal, right? I mean, Car and Driver. That's, yeah, that is pretty big know. deal, actually. I mean, people who know about cars write for car and drivers, so... By association, you're guilty by association. Apparently. I mean, I must be, right? It's Uh like if A plus B equals... See, well, I, I must be I had to an take, automotive journalist. I had to take trigonometry or geometry three or four times, so I'm not I, totally sure I have the theorems um, down. But I have you a get calculator. Oh, you do? Yeah, I can't add. Later. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but I, yeah, I've got to do some really fun things. I went to Mexico with Don Prudhomme for Auto Week. Oh, um, and that was pretty exciting. How is that? What was Perdome doing in Mexico? I mean, drink, he was racing. racing. He was beer? he was racing the Nora Mexican One Thousand, which is a, oh. a off road rally. Really? He was driving um, like a like a, a buggy type um, really? ATV with uh, Jagger Jones, who is uh, PJ Jones's kid. Right. So Parnelli Jones's grandson. Yeah. So it was a pretty cool combination of. Big names and yeah. and you know Don was seventy seven I think at the time yeah. he's seventy eight now and uh, and Jagger is sixteen or something like that so it was kind of fun to see their energy together and I mean Don they just seventy eight years yeah. old yeah it's surprising that he got into a car that doesn't go straight you know he's got a lot of interests 
outside of yeah. of the stuff that we know about. And um, so, yes, he was a great drag racer, but he he's always liked off-road racing, and he he's always liked motorcycles. He just got back from Sturgis. Didn't realize that. Yeah. Well, yeah, he used to go to Sturgis with uh, one of the other guys who used to race with him. They were both members of the same car club, and they'd go up to Sturgis every year, but they put them in a trailer and get about halfway there or so, and then take them out of the trailer and go right in. Hey, look, we rode our bikes. <laughs> All right. Well, you can bring that up with him next time you see him. Yes. Uh, yeah, sooner than you think. <laughs> You're doing a book on Don, right? Yeah. So we've been spending cool. a lot of time together, so we're, we're working on a book for Cartech. Neat guy. He's he's mellowed out quite a bit since he stopped drag racing. Yes, he would he would agree. Um, although he is involved with drag racing again now yeah. um, because he's helping John Force um, and... Uh, it's uh he gets tense again. What's he doing yeah. with John Force? Um he's working with it's um uh Austin Proc, I think is the okay, driver. Sure. Um so because he was good friends with uh you know with Proc Senior and um so he's been helping kind of I think it sort of happened accidentally that he kind of met a sponsor and because you can't just turn it off after 50 years of of being like that guy wants to sponsor a race car. I better find him a race car. So yeah, yeah. I think he's been working with that. But uh, they just won. I think they just won their first race. So he's in a much better mood about it. Last time I talked to him, winning about. always does promote better mood. Yeah, yeah. That, that's good because Don was always such a, a diehard. I mean, not diehard, but he was focused so hard on winning and racing. And to see him back out of it when he pulled out of racing with because of the sponsorship issues to get back in that is that's a good thing for him yeah i think so um you know is uh he keep every time that things are going bad he's like why did i do this i was like hey man you don't have to do it <laughs> yeah that's true he doesn't have to and yeah. he's he had a great car collection and he was able to restore a number of the old cars uh so he stayed involved with it but at a much more less stressful level yeah well and and then like i said he has all these other interests he's um very good friends with Chip Ganassi, so he's always at the IndyCar races. And um, one of the things I learned about when we've been working on this book is that he's good friends with Mario Andretti, too. So ah. he's always had an interest in other kinds of racing. And you met Mario Andretti. I did. I went to the Indy 500, and uh, I got to do one of the two-seat ride-alongs oh. in the oh, IndyCar, yeah. which great. was very exciting. And uh Afterwards, I was asking Mario and um, and the driver who had driven me around, you know, how they even focused on what they were doing. Because I, I said, you know, I got in the car and I kind of turned my head slightly just, you know, for a little stretch when we went off. And then I, I couldn't bring it back for the rest of the, <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the laps. Like, it just stayed there. And uh, and so then the, they were both telling me that they do, you know, exercises and and. Mario said, oh, well, you know, the trick to being a good racer is to be a, a short guy with a short neck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he qualifies there, no question. Absolutely, um, absolutely. But he's great. He's he's so funny and he's so elegant. He's just a really good representative, like, representative of of racing, you know? I mean, he's a, a great person to, all right. all to right. tell people what it's all about. Go ahead. With your involvement now in different aspects you've gotten out of the hot rod and the roadkill now you're with the car and driver the road and track and the indy car you've done some off-road where do you think your interests lie now um i've yet to meet a motorsport i don't like (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so is Le Mans on the next on the bucket list? Um, I have been to Le Mans. Um, oh, okay. And I went the last year of Viper and the first year of Ford GT. So, ah. um, and I recommend it. It's a great vacation, and it's very exciting. You don't even really need to be following the racing to find it, you know, pretty thrilling. Yeah, in Le Mans, that's not exactly a huge place. I mean, it's kind of a small town, isn't it, in it's a sense? A, it's a small town, but it feels huge during yeah. during race week. Um, and the the area around the track is, is pretty enormous, so you really kind of... Even though everybody thinks, oh, it's France, it's so elegant, it's so fancy. It's like, no, no, just plan, like think of a camping trip, like think of a camping and hiking trip and prepare for that, and then you will be happy at the race. So what's on your, and I hate to use the word bucket list because you're so young, but uh, (laughs) what's on your bucket list that you want to do as far as the business as you are freelancing your way around? Um, Well, I mean, you know, none of us are ever too young for a bucket list. That's right. Um, well, but uh, yeah. but I do like to consider it a to-do list because you know it's not necessarily that I have to do something one time and cross it off. It's more just like, hey, like here's a list of things that would be fun to do. Okay, what's on the list? <laughs> Give me a couple um, of things. Okay, uh, what is on the list? I've never been to Goodwood, so I'm mm-hmm. hoping to to go to Goodwood at some point. Um, I've done some interviews, especially because you know, of the stuff that I've done with with Prudhomme, I really enjoy interviewing people. So I got to do a story with Bobby Allison. Um, I got to talk to Shirley Muldowney. Uh, I just went to England with Roland Leong uh, mm-hmm. to go drag racing, which was very cool. And so, you know, speaking to people while they're happy, while they're in the mood to talk about things, getting to do things with, you know, with legends that, that make them happy. I went fishing with Bobby Allison. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was very bad. I caught the dock. <laughs> he was very, very patient about it, but he also told me that maybe someone else should teach me. <laughs> yeah. How about how about uh, cleaning a dock for dinner? Now, that doesn't yeah. really work so yeah. well. So, um, you know, there are, a lot of, there are a lot of people out there who I think have amazing stories that I would like to help tell. So... That's kind of on my list. Well, what That's about neat. your own story? What do you want to drive? Have you thought about uh, a Bonneville or a, a drag racing? Have you driven any race cars? Um, I have. Um, I have been. I've been eight seconds in a dragster. Um, I recently drove the world's fastest lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, baby. Um, oh, he, yeah. Uh, you want to schedule it at your house went, or mine? Uh, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> went 116. Oh. Man, you could get through my yard in like nothing flat. Wow. Yeah. It, it's it just does, the turns that are a little problem. Yeah. yeah. It, they said that it'll only cut up to 55. So. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, um, yeah, I, I can't cut 55. I can't, so can't cut yeah, yeah, I'm thinking of that part. <laughs> it doesn't work like that at all. No. Um, so I do, I do love driving. I'd really like to drive an off-road um, event. Um, maybe something like the Nora race. Um, I don't. I don't have top speed dreams exactly. I mean, I like driving fast stuff. I think it's really fun, but uh, I think that for me, the the road trips and the time spent with people who are making cars, who are building cars, and who are doing tops have top speed dreams. That's more. I'm happy to to be a part of that more than having to be the the star of the show in terms of who's behind the wheel. So you're not going to be doing any 
TV hosting or anything like that? Well, I mean, I don't mind if somebody's <laughs> if somebody's listening and they're planning to call me. I just meant more um, if somebody offers me a ride in a Bonneville car or if I get a chance to take my own car to the drag strip, absolutely, I will do that. I really enjoy it. Um, I recently got to drive uh, a McLaren at oh. um, Laguna Seca, oh, and it was I supposed to be a parade lap, but... I ended up behind all the folks in the Senna's, and um, they parade very quickly. <laughs> oh, well. And she said she'd never been in a parade. Yeah. Well, I did not have time to wave. You didn't? Um, no. <laughs> I don't know. Does the window roll down on that car? The whole top comes down. Oh, that's true, too. Um, never mind. Yeah. But uh, so so I have had some track time recently, and I do love it. I don't want anyone to think I'm not interested in driving. But um, as far as my own goals... I'm more interested in talking to people about why they do what they do. Time now for Elana on Twitter. <laughs> yes, everybody. You know, we always wonder. It, we don't know how conversations are going to go. I know you, so I wasn't worried. But just I don't in know. case. I'm a little worried. Just in case, we did take a look at your uh, Twitter page, which is the one with all the dogs on it. Is that your Facebook page? They, Instagram? they all have dogs. Oh, I, that's true. Some of them do. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But, of course, I just immediately glommed on this. What you can talk about for 30 minutes with no prep. And uh, there's a list of things here, including drag racers named Don. <laughs> yeah. You can talk about garlets. I sure can. Do you know who Don Gady is? No. Next time you talk to Perdome, ask him about Gady. All right. Don Gady and, and Don Perdome were also part of the Road Kings Car Club in Burbank. And Don was part of a group they, they called the Sour Sisters. It was Gady, Radican, and Safford. Sure. And they were always sitting in the corner because they lost. Ask Don about the drag slick agreement he had with them. I will. Drag slick agreement? Yeah, something about if you win, you don't get any tires. But if you lose, I'll give you some tires. <laughs> okay. I, I think he had the tire sponsor and, and Gady didn't. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's see. What else did you have here? We talked Opal GTs. Now, what is the Ant Society? I'm assuming it has nothing to do with Ant Anstead. Uh, no. Um, when I was in high school, I briefly considered uh, going into entomology um, Ooh, really? or going into biology. Yeah. And uh, then I looked at the college courses you have to take in order to specialize in any sort of biology field work stuff and I was like oh that's not going to happen but um so I have attended many lectures of you know famous entomologists speaking and I know a lot about ants so oh. do you have one of those what are those ant uh, yeah. colonies or whatever no did um, you ever have one uh, I think we did yeah oh so, yeah. so you went from entomology to cars how did you get involved with wheels <laughs> um I mean I was you know Randy and I talked about it the first time that I was on. I was very late to cars. I didn't even learn how to drive until I was 21. Right. Um, wow. And then I bought a Plymouth Duster. Well, that's and, a good choice, um, yeah. Most people that never drove before go with Plymouth Dusters, by the way. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> From, that's one of the reasons that you don't see many of them. Actually, there are a few <laughs> yeah. around. Yeah, so then I just, it was sort of one of those things where I was like, oh, I like this. I'm going to uh -huh. do more of it. But now, did, um, did you grow up here in Southern California? I did. I grew up in Altadena. And, and didn't get involved in the car scene? Nope, I took a lot of buses. She oh, did. Did you she give did. them back? Most of them. Okay. Uh, also, weird roadside attractions. Mm, yes. Give me some weird roadside attractions. All right. Um, 
Well, there's the Opera House out in Mojave, um, which is pretty magical. Um, and yeah, so okay. <laughs> I'm on the edge of my yeah. seat. Do you, know what, do you know what I'm talking about, Randy? Do no, you know I don't think um, I do. I'm going to blank on the name right now because I wasn't prepared for this. But oh, um, that's okay. Uh, this I do that all the time. This yeah. New York ballet dancer um, was traveling through the desert with her husband, and they they were on a bus that broke down and like on the edge of Mojave, and they just. There's a hotel for sale with like a little theater attached to it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I'm gonna buy this. I'm going to make a a performance space and we are gonna live here. And they did. And <laughs> wow. um And it's a Mojave Yeah. Opera. It's opera like house. it's on the edge of Death Valley. Um Let's see here. Hmm. Mar- Marta Wells, I think. Armagosa? Yeah, the Armagosa Opera House. Opera House. Yeah, really? and um, so it's this little theater, and she painted the inside all like over years by herself with like just like these beautiful murals of Whoa. like an old school opera, like the curtains and the royalty, and um, and then she would perform there every night, whether there were people there or not. Um, all these ballets, and she did it up until her eighties, and she only died a few years ago. Wow. Um, and I think now there's a. Uh, a Cuban ballet dancer, a Cuban ballerina, who's learned some of her performances and is doing shows there. But you can go out, you can stay at the hotel. It's like it's totally how you, affordable. How did you discover this? Just driving out there? I just a... drive a lot. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Well. I, I, I can't imagine that level of sophistication in Mojave. It's really beautiful um, and and strange. Yeah. I mean, all of these things are yeah. always strange. But if you are planning a visit to Death Valley, it's totally worth going there for one wow. of the shows if you can. And um, there's a really nice cafe there. I hope they have air conditioning. They do. Oh, okay. And well, there's a big fat cat that lives there. A big, big fat, fat cat. cat. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. No, I completely get that. That's interesting. Uh, let's see. Podcasts hosted by women. Um. I think that's just something I wanted that oh, I don't know about. Do you want to be a podcaster? Um, I very much enjoy being on podcasts. Um, that's so, why she's here. Yeah, hopefully I'm she doing a good yes, job. She said yes. That's always a good sign. <laughs> no, you're doing yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I think podcasts are so fun. I mean, I listen to a bunch of them, but I don't know any car ones. I mean, I know a lot that are hosted by women, but only one or two that are some motorsports-related ones. But mm-hmm. We'll um, have to tell her about uh, talking about cars. Yeah, one of these days yeah. we ought to have her on the show. Yeah, <laughs> might work. Yeah, that that would be fun. I could bring that up later. Well, you guys are kind of yeah. you know you've been doing this a long time. You can like claim t- like super early you know early adopters. We we were the pioneers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, no, because there were certain ones out there already. Yeah. But it's interesting if you go on iTunes, and I just found this out like last week. Normally, you could find out like every podcast is rated on iTunes. So uh, you'd, let's say, click on your podcast, and if it says automotive, which is what my is talking about cars is, you click on automotive, and we go 1 to 200 or 1 to 100, and iTunes ranked podcasts in your category. Mm-hmm. So I figured, okay, let's go see what talking about cars is up to, because we have the one here that's on radio.com, and the 1 through 93 is on SoundCloud, but they're still, you know, with the links that you can do it, they still show up on the po- on uh, on iTunes. So I checked it out, and all of a sudden, 
automotive does not show up anymore. Now oh. it's under an over category. Oh, that's and that's silly. that sucks because at one point you could see if you're like in a, a top ten or a top fifty or something like that. And for me, how are you doing with your peers? Yeah. I mean, and suddenly it didn't show up. Or my computer's really screwed up and it was not able to get it, which there's a chance that could be too. So, but uh, yeah, so it's kind of fun doing these car podcasts. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, this podcast is the only car podcast that goes longer than 60 seconds on radio.com. Probably. I believe it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is one that uh, Jeff over there at uh, WJR does. Who's a good guy and yada? He's the automotive reporter over at WJR, but he does uh, Car Chronicles, which I believe is a minute to two minutes long, and that's what airs on WJR, and then they put it into a podcast. But I think this show is uh, the only one that's over two minutes on well, Radio.com. This is absolutely my very favorite car podcast that I'm on today. Oh, I I am so weirded out about that. Yeah. I mean, flattered. Did I say flattered? Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. By the way, you I understand congratulations are in order. You beat a six-year-old in chess. I did, my nephew. Yeah. Yeah, and I am proud of it. All right, good. Because <laughs> it was actually pretty hard. Chess is that. Have you ever played chess, Bob? No. Okay. I have enough trouble figuring out checkers. Okay. It's the same board. But I still get lost. That's true. And one last thing I saw on your Twitter page, which, of course, eyebrow razor for me. Mm -hmm. Have you ever watched the show Racing Wives on CMT? No. I've only seen the the ads for it. Is that like a... And they looked really bad. <laughs> <laughs> so are they actually women who race? Or is it actually like one of those I... Beverly Hills things? All right. This is a little unfair of me because I haven't watched it, and it's very possible that it's extremely good and that it involves a bunch of really rad women who race. Mm -hmm. But from the ads, it appeared that it was like a Real Housewives type show, uh. only it was the wives of men who raced. And they put them in cars and say, okay, now figure this out? I don't think, I don't they think, got think that there close. are any cars. I think it was a lot of shopping. Well, uh, what's the point of that? Speed shopping. You got to drive that sh that uh, little cart. Come Country on. music TV, by the way. Yeah. I remember pitching a show to them years ago mm -hmm. about cars and all that. And I thought this is great because if you've ever watched country music television or just country music videos, oh, they're all pickup trucks. All they are pickup trucks yeah. and classic cars on the right. videos. So how classic would it have been to put a car show on CMT? A natural. Yeah, it would have been great. A guitar in the well, back seat. after and... this segment, none of us are working for CMT. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's for sure. look at it this way. Look at it this way because we're putting them out there. Yeah. We're giving them a little pump. Free publicity. And if the show is good, by all means, someone tweet back at me and tell me how good it is. Yeah, send a, a, your, oh, Twitter, your Twitter is? Challenge her. Challenge her. By the way, she. how many challengers do you have? Only one. Oh, just one? Yeah. Okay. What and a CUDA. What year? And a CUDA. Uh, 70 on the Challenger, 71 on the oh, Okay, so the good ones. Let me ask you about this, because there's been so many rumors out there, being an automotive journalist as you are, uh, the rumors about are they bringing the CUDA back or what are they doing? Because I've heard all sorts of crazy stuff. In your opinion from what you've seen, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, it's certainly possible. You know, to me, as a long-time long Mopar person, I don't like the mismatch between Plymouth and Dodge. Like, so if you don't bring Plymouth back, you don't bring Akuda back. But, um, you know, I wouldn't, on the other hand, if they bring back something like the Viper, I don't care what they call it. Bring it back. I want it. 
Yeah, I'm surprised. They, I'm surprised they stopped it, especially with the the Fiat influence in their racing heritage. I think that they had sort of reached a point with performance and emissions on the Viper as it was designed and with that engine that didn't make sense to them in the bigger picture. But that's just me making guesses. I don't know. I doubt they're going to bring back the Prowler. No, not at all. I, you know, they held value for a long time. Lately, mm-hmm. they've been dropping pretty rapidly. Really? Yeah, I was looking at, uh, Randy and I have been looking at the auctions a lot, and we've gone down to uh, Scottsdale. And the market, the age group that was buying them is our age. We're not buying them anymore. So we're selling. Well, who's buying them? No I mean, one remembers them. I don't know. We haven't talked about it, but... How old are you? 20, 25? At least, yeah. Twice over. Times And times what? three and close to <laughs> over. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Wheelchair over here. <laughs> here. What did you say there, Shani? Thank you. Yes. So, yeah, you were at Monterey. Oh, for for Car Week this yes. week. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, since we're going to have a show where Bob was actually at Bonneville, I wanted yeah. to get the... Were you at Bonneville this year? I was at Bonneville this year. I stopped by for a day. Did you? I yeah. missed you. I know. Oh, that was sad. It was not the best year. I can no, just see it your. Gre- I can just see your greeting saying, uh, "Hi, you may not know me yet, but I'll know I'll you in about a week when I do the <laughs> Talking About Cars podcast." Yeah. Uh, hello. Yeah, yeah, we were we were hammering away on a car. It was with the Lucas team, uh, and we were trying to get the car. They didn't even finish the car before they got up there. That's so, normal, to, right? Well, not this normal. We were wiring and plumbing the car. And fitting the body until Wednesday. Wow. So it was, uh, they got it through tech. They got in line. They were ready to make a run. They figured, you know, even though the salt's bad, let's get a checkout run. It was basically a new car. It wouldn't come out of neutral. Oh. So they didn't get a run. They're going back in October, and I hope to go back with them then. Good stuff. Not so good stuff that comes to mind when you look back at uh, Car Week in Monterey. Oh. um, Well, I I was at the, anytime that, you go, if you go to Car Week, go to the racetrack, go to the historics. That's incredible. Um, it just sounds really good, and you see stuff where you're just like, that, that that's like a unicorn, and it's racing right now. Yeah. Like, that's pretty awesome. Um, I met a car that I had never known about before. Um, I think it was called the Hageman Chrysler Special. You oh, are wow. really testing me mm. with some of these questions. Um, <laughs> but it falls into this category, which is something that I've – really love which is sort of sport one-off sports cars that were made in america often using american engines but with kind of a european bodywork style mm-hmm. to them okay. and then racing in sports car racing and so the hageman special is a uh chrysler hemi um smaller not uh, smaller than the 392. It's a three, 361 uh, or something like that. Something like yeah, that. Mid- it might have yeah. been even smaller than that. It might have been the little, little, little I think it was ram. a firepower one, actually. Um, but it was uh, it was just really cool. It was like just one car built for a guy. Um, the people who built it had been doing sprint cars. So it uses kind of sprint car technology. It has like a torsion bar in the back that runs mm-hmm. through this beautiful... Uh, gas tank and the guy you know I mean like it runs like there's sort of a yeah. split in the gas tank that the torsion bar sits in just so that everything is packaged really nicely it has a quick change rear end and um, body is really pretty and the guy who bought it bought it in the 70s so he's had it a really long time wow. and he's been racing it and he found it sort of in an alleyway in Venice and covered with a tarp and he bought it and he the people who had built it in um, 
whatever, 60-something, they were still around. So he was able to have the original guys help fix the body work, wow. and he wow. was able to talk to the original owner. And I just thought that was so cool, you know, that the, the thing's just been racing this whole time. So that was a really great moment for me at Monterey. Very cool. What was the strangest moment for you at Monterey? Um... Aside from the fact that that Porsche at the uh, auction ended up going at one point went oh. from seventeen to seventy thousand dollars, and everybody was going, "What? Well, no, no, no. Was it? It it was they'd made a mistake. 70, yeah, million. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. Something, seventy million. That's something along the, those lines. They made a mistake, and the the auctioneer had said something like seventeen seventeen million, million. and then they put seventy yeah. with a zero and freaked mm-hmm. everybody out. Yeah, but uh, I usually try to avoid the auctions if I can. I don't like them. I find them depressing. Um, <laughs> from the standpoint of I can't buy one of those? Or... No, from the standpoint of any car that you see at an auction, someone wanted money more than they wanted that car. Ah. And it makes me sad for the car. <laughs> so so I like to go to the races or to the shows uh, or to the cruises where people are loving their cars. Um, I would say the second strangest moment for me, and it wasn't an unpleasant moment, it was just funny. I was doing a story about McLaren, so I was driving a McLaren 600 LT, which is mm. very racy car. Mm-hmm. Um, it had race buckets in it that I was too short to see out of, so I <laughs> I, um, I stole a pillow from the hotel, which I feel really guilty about. I'm like, sorry, what? I, you I, stole a pillow from yeah, the hotel? Yeah, because I couldn't mm-hmm. see out of the car, and I needed to be able to sit on something. Well, you intended to give it back. I did, but then I needed it to drive. The, the car home. Oh, well, the car home. Have you ever heard of UPS? Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to decide what to do. This just happened, okay? I, like, uh-huh, okay. See. Uh-huh. I well, mean, I assume they're going to charge us. It's a treasured pillow now, huh? Yeah. Yeah, so my guilt pillow. But um, <laughs> but I was hanging out uh, with all the McLaren owners because I was doing the story about McLaren owners. And a very nice woman complimented me on the McLaren that I had. She said it was a very nice color combination, a good spec. And I said, thank you. And then she said, it's just such a great starter, McLaren. <laughs> um, That's not a yeah, phrase I've ever heard of yeah. before. You know, she, starter McLaren. She and her husband <laughs> together have 10 different oh, McLarens. 10. Which is basically all the McLarens that you can have. Yeah, and, I think um, that's state mandated, isn't it? But they yeah. were lovely. They were really nice people. Like She didn't mean it as an insult. She was genuinely pleased with me for, for having this great starter McLaren. So, <laughs> Honey, I did. are you hearing this? Do they have yeah. 10 McLaren. Yeah. That, that's what you can tell Marta now. An eight-car garage. You, you have a starter Bu- Buick, or Pontiac. Oh, I have a starter Pontiac? Yeah, you got a starter Pontiac and a starter, mm-hmm. starter jo- Dodge. Now you've got to get their yeah. newer versions. Exactly. Up a, up a well, step. Well, I have a new version of the Dodge. I've got yes. a challenge here. No, yeah, I mean a real Dodge. A real Dodge. <laughs> it's a new Challenger. It's the only Challenger. You can't was, tell the difference between a my Challenger and the new Challenger. It was designed by Mercedes-Benz, and it's built by Fiat. Yeah, and it's had the same design <laughs> since you and I got out of high Super, school, yeah. for God's sakes. Um, I'm sorry. I just close. took a tangent there. Yeah. Don't mind I, us. Do you guys want a moment? <laughs> yeah, no, it's all right. Yeah. We'll talk about it later. Let's circle back here a little bit and and talk about something that's sad because this is something that happened recently. And what happened, the death of Jesse Combs, um, you're in the business of uh, following automotive personalities, automotive cars. Uh, You go to Bonneville and the whole thing. Your thoughts when you heard uh, what happened, because I assume you've met Jesse before. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, Jesse was, Jesse was just so rad. Like she, nowadays, I'm not the only woman doing this. There's quite a lot. Um, but when I first started it at Hot Rod, there weren't very many women who were doing it, and there certainly weren't very many women who were really doing it. You know, she was building things and she was driving things and all kinds of things. You know, I think she would have agreed with me that she hadn't met any motorsports that she didn't like. You know, she was off-road racing and she was land speed racing. She rode motorcycles and she built things. And I just thought that that was so cool. Like she never took any guff from any any of the dudes in the industry and she never felt that she had to look a certain way or present a certain way in order to get jobs or be taken seriously. Um, and that was very inspiring for me. Um, she was always very kind when I saw her. She was always very friendly. And, um, you know, I it's not going to be the same to know that she isn't out there doing doing stuff. So... Yeah, it's it's a big loss. We had her on the show uh, back in 2016, I believe, and it's, um, in fact, uh, by the time this airs, we would have uh, replayed the interview from back then. And, and I hadn't heard it, to be honest, in about three years. And I'm listening to it uh, to pull some stuff for uh, air on KNX, uh, and it just struck me how upbeat she is, how excited she is about or was about it, and and even talking about setting a, a land speed record. And also her role in helping women get involved in the automotive industry. Yeah, I mean, I think that sometimes if you're a minority in a group and you're successful, it starts to be like Highlander, you know, like there can be only one. But she was never like that. You know, she was really into bringing people up with her. And I think that she worked really well with with other women in the industry, which is to her credit. Um, you know, I we should all be so lucky as to experience as much joy in the things that we're doing as I know that she did. And she loved what she was doing. She yeah. she expounded upon it every place she went. Randy and I were talking about uh, when, we, when we've met her in the past, riding up on her Harley and just being as calm and, and nonchalant. There was no celebrity status for her. She was who she was, but she didn't flaunt her, her celebrity. Well, she never she, wanted to be a celebrity. That was the interesting yeah. thing. Yeah. But, but she was so knowledgeable and so experienced and just kept going one step further in whatever she did. And it was just amazing to talk to her and and see her progress as she road ra- off-road racing. Blows the doors off the guys. <laughs> I mean, it was just, and she smiled, but she said, yeah, and she explained how she beat them. And it was just like, yeah, they can talk all they want. <laughs> They're following me. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to be missed. Yeah. Um, where are we going to find you? Uh, you're, you're writing books. You're, um, if people want to check you out or find out what you're up to, how would they? Um, I think social media is probably the easiest place, uh, social media of your choice. So I am on Facebook, Alana Share, and I am on Instagram, Challenge Her, and I am t- on Twitter at Challenge Her. Uh, and I do try to share links and everything else. Or, you know, you could just Google my name. 
Yeah, and definitely you're going to want to check out her Twitter page because uh, the auto noodle machine. Auto noodle <laughs> machine. Auto noodle machine. Uh, that's a visual to behold. I, I've never seen that before. You explain that one. I don't know I, if you can. I'm not going to. You're, you're just going to have to go watch it. I'm going to have to watch it. You're going to have to go look at it on her, on her Twitter machine. page. So. Something about chopsticks and soup. No comes to chopsticks mind. involved. No although cho- there is no some soup? sort of uh, knife of some sort, and, oh. it, and it makes things fly in the air. That's all I'm going to say. Uh-oh. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. All right. <laughs> Auto journalist Alana Cher joining myself and Hot Rod Bob back in the Talking About Cars studio. Hey, remember to subscribe to our podcast on Radio.com, iTunes, and KNX1070.com, so that way you can be notified when a new Talking About Cars is uploaded and you won't miss a thing. And if you're on iTunes or whatever they're calling it now, please rate us and review us. Looking for more background to our episodes? Then go to our website, talkingaboutcars.net. Until next time, I'm Randy Cardoon. Join me as we have some fun talking about cars. Talking about cars.